What is going on, everybody? It is Glenn back again with the Raw Talk, and we are on Season 1, Episode 7. We have made it seven episodes. We've had a lot of uh, support for these episodes, and we're going to continue to bring them to you. And tonight I have a really awesome guest that's coming live from uh, Maryland, Ryan Greenberg. I told him a little bit about the podcast. He wanted to come on. Uh, super successful dude. So I was like, man, you got to come on this show. We need to pick your brain a little bit and uh, provide some insight to people who might be looking for it. But a uh, little background, Ryan is an entrepreneur, um, an investor, and also a gym teacher. And he wanted to come on tonight to talk about uh, entrepreneurship and hard work and uh, being dedicated to something no matter what. So uh, I want to thank Ryan for giving us the time to get on here. Uh, Ryan, thank you. All right. Thank you, Glenn, for having me today. I'm excited yeah. to be here. Yeah, man. Awesome. Well, uh, I already told you a little bit about the show before we got on. We did uh, various sound checks on this to try to get this right. So if you want to uh, take us back a little bit and start with, uh, you know, maybe college and talk a little bit about your career and how you managed to be where you are today, uh, you can take it away. So, yeah, I, um, I, we actually grew up in the same place up in Long Island, and uh, I left, went to college in Maryland at Towson, Towson University, shout out, and had a, uh, I had the opportunity to go be a teacher. I was actually going to be a Spanish teacher at first, decided to, to switch it up to uh, PE. Glad I did. I met some really cool people, came a, you know, gym teacher right off, right out of college. I had a job and in the summers I was running boats. I was a mate at first and then got my captain's license, um, couple of years after, after finishing college, I was working on boats and teaching, teaching gym. And I thought I was living the dream, um, bought my first house. And then I kind of got involved in, um, some real estate investing. And that led to a construction company that I now own and a property management company that I now own with, um, with a partner of mine, um, who I met in college. Um, so, you know, maybe, college isn't so bad after all. <laughs> nah, man. Uh, you know, I've had various guests on here who talk about college and, you know, some people support it hundred percent. Some people say they wouldn't have done it. Uh, I do see the value in college, but I, you know, I've said it before, if I can go back and change something, I probably, eh, well, I would say I wouldn't go to college, but I would have done it a little bit smarter, you know, went to like a trade school for two years and then, uh, maybe finished off at a university for the last two. Uh, but you know, I'm glad to have you, man. You talked a little bit about, you know, being a teacher and then you went to be a captain with some boats and then got into real estate and then got into construction. So you have been all over the place, man. Let's, yeah. uh, yeah. So let's back up and talk a little bit about, you know, your schooling, right? Mm -hmm. How do you, uh, like, how do you determine what you want to do? Uh, is it a passion in you for being a teacher? Like, talk me through that. Like, did you always know that that's what you wanted to do? Um, yeah, so teaching to me always was um, a great gig because I wanted the summers off because I loved fishing. I grew up around boats and, and on the water. Um, so, you know, summers off just seemed like a good plan until you uh, actually become a teacher and you see the paycheck. Um, then, you know, you're like, oh, maybe this isn't isn't so, uh, so right for me after you have to start paying your rent and your bills and whatever else. Um, but... With that being said, I do love teaching. I love helping kids. Um, I do work at a Title I school for kids um, that are, you know, some of them are, are underprivileged, and I love it. I mean, it, it's a great, it's a great gig. I do it part time now because I just we're so busy with the with the business that I had to step down a little bit, but I still do it. I plan to do it for the next coming um, years. 
and I think it's a good way to give back and, and help, you know, help the community. And that's something that I, I do enjoy. Um, the rest of it kind of fell like we were talking about before we started recording, just kind of fell on my lap. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of that is thanks to going to college and meeting the people that I did and getting involved with, um, you know, the friend group that I, that I started getting involved with. So, yeah. Okay. So, you know, we go back to college here again. So being a teacher, I know that you said that the money's not there, right? So are you, while you're being it, like when you're in that position, are you looking for something, something more? Like, like, is it something in your soul that you have to fulfill? Like talk us through, yeah. yeah, Talk us through, you know, from being uh, that teacher and going into, uh, you know, being the, doing the boat stuff, being a captain and then really going into to the construction work and investment work. Like, what tells so, you to do that? <laughs> entrepreneurship is something that is it's born. You're born with it, I think, because I was always looking for other things to do. I was teaching uh, when it snowed down. I was shoveling snow. I was the full time teacher, but when we had snow days, I was shoveling snow to make extra money. I would uh, DJ. I was DJing parties on weekends. I was doing weddings and I, everything that I could get my hands on. I was doing to make money. Um, the boats were were something that I loved, but I also used it as a tool to make money. So that was always in me. I always wanted more. I always was was thriving for more. Um, I just didn't know how to to do it. You know, really, I was just all I knew was work, work, work all day, all night, and you'll get you'll make money. Yeah. Um, and and then I, I found out about passive income through rental properties, and that got my caught my attention. I just got deep into it, went down that rabbit hole, as they say started doing more research, more research. I bought my first property um, with my partner who we, we were linked up in college and I knew he had some experience in there. And I, you know, I found, um, we'll, we'll get more into that and, and a bit how I found the money and stuff like that. Yeah. But then I realized about passive income, you can, you can make money while you're not working. So then that was like my new thing. I was like, how can I make passive income? Um, and that's where, you know, the story starts buying rental properties and, and getting into that. Okay, so why don't you take us a little bit deeper into that then okay. uh, about the rental properties? Yeah. So basically, how it started was I was, I was running boats um, in the summers, like I said, and I met a successful guy. Um, he was I was living on the boat in the summertime, working on it, and I met a guy behind me uh, living on another boat in the summertime. An older man retired, and um, he started cooking me dinners at night because I was always eating at the bar, and, and he wanted to have somebody to eat with, so. Started eating with him. He started talking. You know, we were just uh, BSing. And one day, I, I brought up some. I somehow it got brought up about real estate. He mentioned that he just liquidated like thirty-five properties. And I was like, "Wow, let me figure out how this guy did that." Yeah. Um, so I started picking his brain, picking his brain. And one day, he just told me, "You know, if you want to do this, write yourself a business plan and present it to me." Not, I had no idea what that meant, um, but I did. And he said, well, now go find a deal. After I presented him my business plan, we went through it together. He said, go find yourself a real estate deal. At this point, the only real estate experience I really had was buying my first property. As, yeah. you know, um, That was it. That was the only real estate experience that I had except watching YouTube and buying one house that I lived in. So, um, so let me ask you yeah. real, real quick. What, what kind of fears are you facing when you know, you're taking a career shift like that? and you're on the boat and you talk to someone about uh, like a loan for a business, right? Like what, 
what kind of fear are you facing when you're asking that person for, for money? So I didn't know that I was asking him for money. That, that being said, he's the one that kind of presented it to me. Yeah. Um, when, you know, when we, we started getting more into it and the fear was that I didn't know what I was doing. So <laughs> that was really, you know, a legitimate fear and yeah. what I thought was a legitimate fear. So my, my next thing was I knew of somebody in my friend group. We weren't best friends, but we we're in the same friend group in college. We hung around the same crowds mm-hmm. and I knew that he had just had some success in buying a building. So, um, I, I went to him one day and I said, Hey, I have this guy who wants to give me money to buy real estate and I don't know what I'm doing. And I knew he had not only just bought a building and had some success with it, he was working for another real estate investor, um, basically doing just running around, taking pictures of properties, throwing out trash, doing different things. So he was learning kind of that business model. I just saw a perfect opportunity. I, I presented it to him, Tyler. Shout out to, to Tyler. Um, <laughs> I presented it, presented it to him, and he said, "Let's do it." And that's how it all started. The, the next thing you know, the first three, the first let's, I think four months or five months, we bought three properties, and we were collecting rent, and we were we had some positive income, and then we were hooked, and that's where that's where it started. And then we bought another. I think it was our fourth property we bought, and then we said. After this, let's try to flip one because everybody was making all this money. You see HGTV and yeah. like, wow, this is, this is easy. We could just make the house pretty and then sell it for a bunch of money. And it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. Those shows are, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to watch them now doing it. But yeah. the, uh, the thought was there. So we found a construction crew that Tyler had used on the other building that he owned. We, we, successfully constructed this house um, somehow we figured it all out and luckily we used our own money on the first deal to, to kind of figure it out mm-hmm. um, and figured it out we, we learned the inspections and the permits and all this this kind of stuff and then from there in order to keep that crew busy because we saw the value in having a crew working mm-hmm. um, I started looking on Facebook well I started seeing on Facebook randomly um, people looking for different things like in neighborhood Facebook groups, they were looking for somebody to redo a bathroom or they're looking for somebody to haul trash out of their backyard. And I started just hitting these people up on Facebook. I started messaging them and say, Hey, I'm a, you know, a neighbor, um, looking for some extra work and here we go. And then I started doing these small jobs for people doing roof leaks. I was doing caulking on roofs and different, uh, silver coating on flat roofs in Baltimore. And, um, basically, from there, I would ask those people that I did jobs for to post about me on the Facebook group. And then we just started getting calls after call after call after call about different odd odd things to do around the uh, around the house. And then that turned into us getting a general contracting license and <laughs> going, <laughs> going legitimately into building a construction company to now what's doing um, a couple million dollars a year. Yeah. So it sounds like you have become pretty successful at what you do now. Right. And, and that took, you know, risk obviously to move into a field that you were very, um, green to is what, 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 what we yeah. call it. Um, so how do you define success? And I, you can take me back to being a, a teacher, uh, or being on the boat. Like how was success defined to you? Because, uh, you know, I've found from doing these podcasts that it means something different to each person. So that's a, 
That's a good question. So I, it's funny because I, I really want to say like so many other things, but in my eyes, you know, game life is like a game and money is like the points. And the more money you have, the more points you have and you're winning the game. Um, that's where I, I kind of look at it that way. But I, I also think um, after working so many hours for the last couple of years, I mean, grueling number of hours, um, it's not all about having money. It's about being able or being free, being able to do the things you want to do. Yeah. So, for example, um, traveling to me is huge. I love to travel. So I like the ability that I can go away this weekend. I'm, go, I'm going snowboarding this weekend and knowing that my business partner is going to take care of the company and my company is going to make money while I'm skiing in bail. Yeah. That is a huge, <laughs> huge relief that I can be somewhere else and be collecting money. You know, I have an assistant that works and she's great. She works um, full time for us. My partner is just amazing. He does yeah. almost everything on the construction side. When I tell you everything, like I, quote jobs and he does everything else. I manage a couple here and there, a couple kitchen projects, this and that, but he's doing, I mean, he's managing 12 projects on his own right now. He's got project managers and stuff working, but we couldn't do without him. And having that partner too, there's no other way to scale it the way that we did. If you didn't have two of us, there's just no way Because you can hire people, but they won't care as much as you care when you dedicated your whole life to this thing. Facts. So you said you travel, man. Where's uh, where's some of the coolest places you've been? So we love my Tyler, my partner and I. We love Costa Rica. So oh, I've been to Costa been. Rica a bunch. We um, we we kind of have this like annual trip now going to Costa Rica. Um, that's a super fun place. I have to say it's my favorite place. But like I said, I'm going out to Colorado to go snowboarding. I actually just recently got addicted to camping. Because the only reason this is a funny story, I got addicted to camping, one, because I love when my phone is off. Because when you own a business, your phone does not stop ringing, especially the property management side of things. I mean, we manage about 35 rental properties, mm -hmm. rental units, apartments, houses, whatever. And uh, there'll be calls at midnight about broken toilets or flooding basements or whatever. And the fact that uh, you know, I pay my assistant a little overtime to keep the phone on for the weekend for those emergency calls. And I can just go in the woods and, and turn my phone off basically for three days has been like the most amazing thing. So having that freedom, being able to do that is, is crucial to me. And it yeah. doesn't even really take that much money. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, let's talk about motivation. How do you stay motivated? And I know we talked before the show too about getting into construction and industry that, you know, neither you or I knew anything about. So how do you stay motivated in that field um, besides money? Because I know everyone's going to say so, money, you know? So no, no, yeah, motivation for me doesn't just come from money. It, I mean, my parents set the bar really high. Um, they put my, me through school. Um, they spent a lot of money putting me through school. They worked yeah. so many hours. I watched them work. And then thinking back um, to what they did, and looking at my teaching salary and what I was doing on the boats, I was like, I can't, I will not be able to do the same for my kids. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, my teaching salary when I started, I was working in a private school before I got into public school. I was making like $32,000 a year. I was like, there is absolutely, my rent was like 850 bucks a month. Yeah. So I was doing all these little odd jobs and stuff like that to keep up. But um, there's no way that I could have sustained that career and then give 
my kids, what my parents gave to me. So I was like, I have to make a change. I have to make more money. There has to be something else. Yeah. So that's when I started, you know, figuring out business and how to leverage other people's money to make money. I mean, uh, not money. Yeah, that's true. Too, but <laughs> yeah, leverage other people's money and time. That's the other thing is, is finding people um, leveraging their time and allowing that to make you money and, and having it be a mutually beneficial relationship. My employees like I would like to say they like working for us. Yeah, um, we bring them on vacation in the summertime. We go fishing. You know, we charter boats. You know, we do the whole nine. I, we treat them well, and I think they like working for us. So I feel like I'm doing a good thing, and you know, they're happy. I'm happy, yeah. and I'm using their time to make money. Yeah, facts. So, how long have you owned uh, this business for? So we started um, in late 2016. I think we. We started um, basically like planning, and I think we bought our first property in June of 2017. Okay. So that's when we bought our first property together. At that point, I had already owned one house that I was living in, and Tyler had already owned a building and, and uh, his own house that he was living in as well. And then from there, we, we came together, and that's when 2000, early 2017, I would say, is when uh, we started actually buying real estate. So talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges that someone might face um, who is potentially looking to uh, open their own company or uh, be their own boss. What are some challenges of, you know, opening a company? So for me, you know, uh, a little bit of my backstory I told you earlier is, you know, I went to college, came out of college, realized that what I went to college for was not what I wanted to do. So I got into business management, uh, really hated that and then got into construction and you know ever since then i've really i've loved what i do so what challenges are faced by someone who, who is looking to start a small company because i don't have one so i, I would like to know uh, and the viewers too if somebody who's trying to you know get the ball rolling you know what what can they expect from it so there's one thing is is obviously financially you need to be able you should have a backup plan so for me teaching um and working on boats and djing when i can and for tyler obviously teaching as well and he's a pe teacher as well just to go back on that and bartending and, and other things we use that income to support ourselves and then the money that the business was making that money stayed in the business and if you can't do that we wouldn't have been able to run our business. Like it would have been impossible if we had started paying ourselves a salary in the beginning, there's no way we might've been able to do it, but we wouldn't be where we are now because mm -hmm. you need capital, you need working capital. So being able to have that other job, if you can do something while you're starting that company, that is number one for us. I know a number of investors, um, a buddy of mine worked for the government doing something for the IRS or something like that. And, and same thing, he started buying, buying real estate, started a little company on the side, used his government income to supplement and pay his bills, and then he can take the money from the company when it's ready, when the company's ready to give the money. The company's not ready to give the money in year one, year two, and for us, year three. Um, we just started taking a small salary this year. Okay. So then I guess this would go back to what advice do you give someone who is in, in a position where they've started a company, um, and they're facing hardships, you know, 
and advice, I mean, you know, oh, keep going, you know, put your head down at work. Like what advice from yeah. you being successful um, and as successful as you are, like, what do you tell them? One thing is, is that if it was easy, everybody would do it. So you just got to tell yourself, you got to keep it, keep it moving, keep it moving forward. Um, this is a good one. I, I always like to be a solution based thinker instead of a problem based thinker. So don't, don't talk to me about the problem. Talk to me about the solution. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's, it was always work, work a little bit harder or go get that extra job or go on Facebook extra hour looking for another job or looking for a gig that you could do to make some extra money. Um, but again, I, I really suggest if you're starting a company to don't give up a salary if your company's not ready to pay you. Um, and if you have to struggle and hate your job, uh, I hated teaching because I was working so hard in my company. When I was able to step down as a full-time teacher, I loved it again. I can't wait to go back to school because yeah. I was finally able to, to separate my time and have some some time for the business and have some time for me and have some time for school. So I think just you have to not – you have to be able to not take money from your business. And if that's not possible, then you need to make sure that you're running really lean and you're not spending any yeah. money. So where do you see yourself in, let's say five years, company wise and, and personal? We'll get a little personal. Uh, <laughs> so five years um, from now, I mean, the company hopefully is sustaining the way it's going. Um, we don't want to grow it anymore. I don't think um, the last time Tyler and I had this conversation, um, we were talking about not scaling it anymore. So I, I kind of want to get to a point where um, both of us are able to do more re remote work um, and be able to travel more. We both Tyler and I like to travel, like I said. So I would really like to get to a point where my assistant and our project managers are stepping up and, and getting to a, a point where we can step away and, um, you know, go enjoy what we've built and go golfing and do the things that we like to do. Um, so that's really where I see myself. I mean, I have a wonderful girlfriend, yeah. so obviously marriage and, and kids are in the, in the play for that. Um, so that's another, that's another thing. That's another reason I'm working so hard, as I said. So yeah, that's, that's really what it is. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much, happy with where we are. So I'm just going to keep it rolling right now. Yeah, that sounds great, man. Uh, you know, we could, since we talk about five years and, and goals, you know, I talk about this on, on the show before is like, are you a person um, that sets obtainable goals in a reasonable timeline? Or do you shoot to be someone who sets goals at, you know, three to five years? So I love the idea of goal setting. And I my partner and I, Tyler, would talk about it all the time. And I think we have some, I think the way we kind of do it, we have the same mindset with this is where we, we set a couple of small yearly annual goals mm -hmm. that are obtain, attainable. And then we set kind of a crazy one. Um, the crazy one is like, this is what we're working towards, you know? Um, and the crazy one for us last year was, I think to do like a million and a half in revenue. And we almost doubled that this year. Um, we probably did double it after you, you, you cash. Jesus in Christ. So <laughs> I, I wanted to, um, you know, definitely 
take a look at what what I wanted. Did I want all that? Did yeah. I want this big thing? Did I want 30? I think at one point we had 30 people working for us. And we since then scaled that down a little bit too. And Tyler and I both had the same conversation and he was killing himself every day, just working, just slaving hour after hour. And now I think we're finally at a place where we're both happy. Um, he might say, say different because he's probably still working right now, but <laughs> we're both, we're both definitely at a place where we can see the success of the company and we want to keep it, you know, maintain it and keep it rolling. So I think, you know, the five year plan is to just keep, keep on keeping on as they say, and, and try to keep that um, motivation level where it's at now. Um, that's you know, yeah. basically what I, what I want to do. Yeah, it's it sounds like you're on a roll, man. It's, you're firing all on all cylinders, you know. Uh, so, did you experience failure oh, God, at the beginning? Yeah. How, how do you deal with you know? How did you deal with it? Like so, what failure and how did you deal with it? So at one point, Tyler and I had dug ourselves into this hole where we this was early on, a, a, about a year and a half ago or two years ago, where we bought a house with all of the cash in our bank account and then used credit cards to finish up construction projects and found ourselves in like, I don't know, $40,000 worth of credit card debt waiting for projects to finish up. And uh, somehow we dug ourselves out of the hole. We just kept doing these little jobs, little jobs, yeah. putting the money in, the, putting the money in, paying it off, paying it off. And that's, that's what we did. I mean, we grinded, we looked at each other and we said, well, we made a huge mistake buying this house. Now we have to go figure it out. Um, so, you know, we got into Tyler and I've gotten into plenty of arguments this and that, but we, the one thing that always happens is we both always realize that we were a little wrong. And then we talk to each other, we work it out and we come up with a solution. Like I said, in the beginning, I think I was more of the problem based thinker. Mm -hmm. I would always think uh, I'd get all flustered. I'd look at the bank account because we'd have these swings where we'd have a ton of money in the account and then it would have no money in the account after we pay all the employees and subcontractors and we go for a ton of money and no money. And it's, you know, it's, crazy stressful when I'm the one analyzing the, the accounts and I would always come up with these problems. And then Tyler finally basically sat me down and said, you know, stop, uh, stop talking to me about all your problems and start talking about the solutions for them. And since then, I think we've done a pretty good job of doing that and separating our kind of our brains and, and yeah. figuring out um, those solutions. Cool. I, I want to get a little bit into that relationship, but real quick, we're gonna have to take a break. Um, so we're going to pause for a second and we'll come back and we'll pick up with, uh, you know, talking about relationship, relationship building and trust too. So, you know, stay with us. What's going on, everybody? This is Glenn from the Raw Talk, your favorite host. And I am here to talk to you about Anchor, the platform that I use to record and upload all of my podcasts. Uh, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast and it's free. So, you know me, easy and free. That's what I like. They are creation tools on this platform that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to all platforms so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money also from your podcast, which is a super good benefit with no minimum listenership. So, boom, get that in there. But it, I wanted to say that it is everything that you need from a podcast in one place. Easy, convenient, free. You can make money. It's a no-brainer. Why don't you guys head over to the website today and check it out. Go to anchor.fm to get started. What's going on, everybody? We are back with Ryan, and it has been a super entertaining 30 minutes. I know that we said that we were going to pick up with uh, relationship building, but I did have a question um, 
during a commercial break. And I wanted to ask Ryan is, Ryan, can you talk to me a little bit about your company and uh, what it does and how you have evolved over uh, over time? So yeah, that, that's uh, I should have talked about this in the beginning, but I guess we got <laughs> sidetracked for other stuff. So yeah, so basically what um, we started doing, we started buying rentals, like I said, and then we started doing some construction. And then um, what happened was we got linked with somebody actually where we're from in New York, and they started um, showing some interest in buying some properties in Baltimore. So I pitched them on a couple of deals as us being the real estate agent. Tyler got his real, has his real estate license at this point, and um, we basically started showing them some properties in Baltimore and then came up with this plan that that I was going to do the construction and then we were going to sell the property and we were going to be the listing agent. And so we kind of had this trifecta where we would find the property and and make some money on the the purchase of it. And then we would make some money during the construction of it. And then we make some money on the sale of it. And if they were to rent it, we were already managing our own properties at that point. So we just started a property management company and now, um, we manage properties for investors all over the country. So that's basically what we've evolved in is to be an investment firm for people like in New York and in California where the taxes may be too high or the real estate costs are too high um, to buy properties there. They can buy affordable properties with us in, in Baltimore. They never even see them. They don't have to ever see them if they don't want to. Um, half the properties that these people buy, they've never walked into. Um, they just trust us to, to take every step of the way and we deposit their money in their account every month. And that's that's kind of what we've evolved in um, into since since the beginning, since buying rentals and then doing the construction and, and doing the property management. That's we kind of all put it all together. Mm-hmm. Do do you have a large community outreach with your company? So I wouldn't say that we have a large community outreach. I actually just hired a social media person um, to handle our social media accounts. Um, so that hopefully will get better. Um, I just yeah. haven't really had enough time to dedicate to learning social media. There's algorithms and all that kind of stuff. So I just hired somebody to do that. And I'm hoping to um, have some more, you know, community outreach. I'm hoping to help people. I actually, you know, as I love teaching, like I said, I also developed a little financial curriculum that I've been teaching to kids and I'm, I'm actually trying to sell it to the school system. So I love giving back. I love helping. That, um, so that that is you know, something that I want to do and social media, I know is a good way to, to get the name out and to get your brand out there. So that's why I went and we found somebody to, uh, to handle that stuff. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. And, uh, part of the reason why I created, you know, this podcast is because I felt like I had a calling to do something more. Right. And, uh, everyone I met was like, Oh yeah, do podcasts, do podcasts. And I couldn't ever figure out what I wanted to do. So being in construction, uh, my expertise is, um, affordable housing and we renovate affordable housing. Uh, so, you know, I got an urge from that to, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm around underprivileged families, uh, kids that don't really have opportunities. So I thought about it and I was like, look, why can't I create um, a platform where people can go and essentially, uh, you know, if they're trying to start out, you know, even if our outreach is for young kids and, uh, you know, I wanted to provide these one-on-one interviews with people all across the world. Uh, from all different professions so that they can get their voice heard. And, you know, I'm super glad you came on because you have a lot to talk about. You seem like you uh, got a good head on your shoulders. You have a successful company and, uh, and I appreciate you being on, but with that being said is, you know, I wanted to do this because whatever money, like we have full-time jobs and whatever money I make from this podcast, 
you know, I said, obviously I have to keep a little bit to maintain costs of, you know, uh, microphones or marketing, but a lot of the money that I am going to make, uh, I'm going to put it back. So I, I feel, um, fulfilled if that makes sense by, by giving back. And that's where that question kind of spawned from, uh, about your outreach. And I'm, I'm glad that you are on the right track and you are, um, level headed to understand and to look forward to know that that's something that your company lack. Well, not, I don't want to say that it's not lack, but you're improving it, you know? Yep, absolutely. And, and Leon, actually the first investor that we had, um, the one thing that he told me when, when he signed the first check over to us was one day you have to promise me to pay this forward to somebody else like I'm doing to you. And that stuck with me and that will always stick with me. And one day when, you know, some, somebody presents me with a plan and I'm in the, I'm in the position to um, pull the trigger and give them some capital to get something started. That's the first thing that I want to do. So yeah, I'm a hundred percent into helping that next generation figure it out. Yeah. You know, we, we figure it out in a lot of ways, our generation and generation before us. And you know, we have to leave it up to them. So, and not, you know, not only that, man, it's like, uh, we haven't talked in years now. I would say over 15, I don't even probably more than that. Right. It's, yeah. It's at least 15 years. And, yeah. uh, you know, just by you coming on and, you know, you knew the, the premise of the show to come on here and talk. And I know you're a busy dude and take time out of your day to come here and really talk about trying to give your success story, uh, talk about some failures and to try to provide an avenue for someone who might be lost or, you know, someone who's searching uh, for a way in life, dude, that means a ton in, in and of itself. So I wanted to thank you again for being on here, brother. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I hope that, you know, somebody out there right now is listening to, uh, you know, of course this podcast, but some other, some other investment podcasts and they're on the fence about doing something. And, and this is, you know, the thing that pushed them over the edge. Like I knew nothing about real estate. I knew nothing about construction, knew nothing about property management. And here I am, I own companies in all three of those fields that are currently successful through through the whole pandemic. So I think that, you know, is is a huge, um, huge accomplishment. Yeah, dude. Uh, how so how do you challenge yourself, man? It feels like everything comes so natural to you. Oh, no, man. This this company has taken everything out of me and put it back in. I mean, when I tell you that we've had days where, you know, I thought we were going to lose it all. I mean, we we had no idea where the next check was coming from and we had contracts to fill and our credit cards were maxed down. And, and when I tell you that we, you know, Tyler and I would yell at each other, we'd fight. And, and this is, you know, in the beginning and we had no idea what we were doing and we were just figuring it out. David, I would call I had a friend of mine um, who was a subcontractor and I'd call him for advice and I'd call other people for advice. And I mean, really it's, it's leaning and finding people that know what they're talking about and, learning from them, um, not taking advantage of them, but learning from them. So every time that I had the opportunity to talk to another general contractor, I would pick their brain. Um, when I was on the boat, we had the opportunity to take a bunch of people fishing from all different uh, walks of life. And I would always catch people in different um, fields in construction. And every time I would just, we wouldn't be talking about fishing, we'd talk about construction because I want to learn more, yeah. more and more. Um, because that's the only way to do it is find people leverage their time and and learn from them and that's kind of what um that's the whole way we made the business work how do you get people to trust you so in the short term um you know just meeting somebody i think just being professional um not talking down to other people 
I think yeah. that's a huge thing, you know, um, having an open dialogue, no matter what the person says, you know, you, you have to let them have their opinions. And I think first impressions are huge. So when you, when you meet somebody, um, that's, that's it, you know, the first impression. And then after that, as yeah. long as you're not a scumbag, right? I mean, that's, that's how I look at it, right? Yeah. Tyler and I knew that we weren't going to steal it from each other because like we had plenty of opportunities to steal from each other in the beginning when we were taking more risks. And then like now we're equally invested into this, into this thing. So like, why yeah. would I steal from him? He wouldn't, it wouldn't make any sense. So we would be stealing from ourselves essentially. So as far as like, you know, getting other people to trust us, like our investors who, who lent us money to do all these projects is really coming to them with a plan, having an exit plan. And, mm -hmm. and like you said before, I think we were on air, is, is kind of fake it till you make it. Do the research, figure out what the people that know what they're doing are doing, and then replicate that. That's that's basically, you know, I you don't steal from people. You don't yeah. rob, you know, you, you just, the, the basic principles um, apply. And as long as you're a genuine person, people are going to trust you. I Fact. mean- that's that's really what it is. I was always told, man, it stuck with me to this day. I don't even know how long how long ago I heard this, but uh, someone told me that you only have one shot for, at a first impression, and it kind of changed yeah. my life because I was an asshole growing up, dude, and I never really understood what that meant until I really started to get into the uh, the world of my career, you know, and business management. And it it takes me to what I kind of wanted to transition into is you know uh, networking and relationship building. Uh, so can you talk to me a little bit about the importance, it, it, just even someone who's not in the industry, the importance of, you know, networking and relationship building? Because it seems like a lot of what you have talked about reverts back to relationship building, uh, you know, with your partner, uh, with your team that you said that you build up and you do these things for. Um, and, you know, talk me through that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't, have people around you if you don't have a team there's just no way that you can accomplish you know what a team can accomplish i mean there's just like there's no i in team i mean two people can get done more than one person can so i think you know being um out there and exposed to people so you, people see you and you know you go out to the networking events you meet people you talk to them um i think when they see you and they see other people talking to you, then there's, there's a, there's a trust, right? When people see me getting tagged on Facebook as, you know, a local general contractor that puts other people at ease that I might be giving a job to, they see me talking to other people that they might know. Um, they call referrals, you know, there's no other marketing like referrals. So that, you know, the more relationships you build in the industry, the more referrals you get, like in the beginning, we, we found a couple of realtors that we knew mm -hmm. and we were like, Hey, send us, send us all your touch up prod, you know, your, uh, touch up lists, your, your punch out lists at the end, you know, when you're about to sell a property, <laughs> we started doing that. Yeah. You know, we started doing all these punch out lists for realtors and, and then the realtor would contact their broker and then their broker started calling me for all these other different. So without that and without, you know, if I ton of contractors, I mean, when we started the contracting side of things, the famous story about contractors is that they take a deposit, they never show up, they don't come on time, or they steal your money and they never come back with the deposit because they spent it on yeah. something or whatever. He said um, something. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> that's the story of contractors, no, I know. general contractors. That's what it is. So yeah, that's the truth. when we were like, hey, so all we have to do is not steal from people, 
show up on time and kind of know what we're doing and this could work. And it, and it did. I mean, people like the fact that we showed up on time, that we dressed nice and that we talked to them and had a conversation with them and answered their phone calls. People appreciated that. And then that person told that person. And, and next thing you know, we have, you know, a full company that we're running. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I'm happy for you, dude. Like I said, we haven't talked in a while, so it's really cool to catch up um, and, and hear how you're doing. You're just crushing it. And, uh, you know, I'm happy for you. And talking about business, uh, we, you know, we're talking about relationships. How do you plan on growing your business in the next years? So, like I said before, I don't know how much we want to grow in, in terms of numbers. I think more we want to reorganize and, and maximize the profit margins um, as much as we can. Um, obviously, this year, still learning and stuff, we did way more jobs than we should have to make the money that we did. Um, we didn't really know how to estimate that well. And we worked a lot harder than we could have. So instead of, I wouldn't call it growing, I would say maybe reorganizing, because if we yeah. hit the margins you know, that we're supposed to hit, we, should, we would have done a lot better this year. So I think um, we want to just get more organized. We want to automate as much as possible. So we're trying to set systems in place. Um, the one thing that was killing us was a property management company. So I hired an assistant that's kind of filtering all those issues and she's doing all the books and, and kind of handling that stuff. That's one way that we're automating. We found different app, you know, phone applications or iPad applications that we're using um, to do estimates and invoices and stuff like that. So I think that's really our goal is to just get better at running the company instead of trying to grow the company anymore because it kind of grew out of control as it was. So right now we're just really trying to um, hone up, hone in and dial it in. And once we have it dialed in, it's a machine. Yeah, you, just, you can't stop it. You know. Yeah. Uh, talking about automation, man, this is, this doesn't have anything to do with motivation, but I just wanted to pick your mind on this. Uh, it rhymes. Yeah, no, I, so, I'm, I'm a rapper. If you haven't heard already <laughs> rapper, podcaster, construction, I do it all, man. The Jack of all trades, but automation, man. And I just want to pick your mind. And I think it's a funny question. Do you think 3d printing is going to take over the construction world? I don't know, but what I do know is if it does, I won't be in construction anymore. So I'll find something else to do. Nah. You know, that's how you got to do it. I think it's all about evolving. See, I, I don't worry about it as um, as much in the short term. I think it's going to take a while for it to get there. Yeah. Um, especially, I don't see how I could do some of the stuff that we're doing with some of these renovation projects and stuff. It just <laughs> new construction. It seems yeah more feasible. You can build a house with a big printer. I've seen it done, but I'm not as worried um, about that kind of stuff. I think it's all about adapting and, and making sure that. Uh, you see it before it happens, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. you know, and I wouldn't be signing up to be like a cashier at a grocery store right now because that job is on its way out. You know, yeah. Well, kind of yeah, dude, uh, it's funny cause you're the type of person I'll, you know, it'll happen. 3d printing will like take off in the next 10 years and I'll hit you up and I'll be like, yeah, you know, I I'm now a mechanical engineer and work on these 3d printing machines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, we own, we own, you know, 75, 75,000 of them. So I, I just thought it was, it's an unrelated topic. And I, you know, I, I looked a little bit yeah, into no, it. It's an interesting thing. I've seen these, you know, you go on Facebook, you see those videos of uh, create, you know, they're just like so mesmerizing. You watch them building a little yeah. house and kind of a machine. Yeah. It is really cool to see. I, I don't really think about that. I have other problems. <laughs> yeah. Robots taking my job. A, a heater goes out right before we get on the show, dude. That sucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, Let's uh, let's talk about because we talked about success earlier. Um, you know, what do you attribute your success to? So I it goes back, I think, to 
when you're a kid, I think, you know, growing up, um, I had great parents that kind of pushed me to always do better. Um, I saw what they sacrificed to get me everything I wanted. I, I played hockey. I did this. I did that. Camps. Whatever I wanted to do, they, they provided for me. Um, so I think that is where it starts. And then from there, like once you once they kind of run their course as parents and you kind of have to do it on your own. Yeah, I think it's all about just having a dream, having a goal. Um, and, you know, I had some struggles when I was in high school. I got into a little trouble and this and that. And then I turned it around and realized what I was giving up. You know, I had a great family. I had great, you know, great friends. And I think um, the success came uh, you know you have mm -hmm. to do something long enough and get good at it and then the set success will come as long as you're persistent you're dedicated to your task and you're willing to put in the hours like i said i mean yeah. i still put in plenty of hours i mean 15 16 hour days plenty plenty of times i'm waking mm -hmm. up i mean sometimes um my girlfriend will say where'd you go last night and i'd get out of bed at like 3 a.m because i remembered something from one of my projects or one of my properties that was bothering me so i had to go downstairs to my office and do work and i was 3 a.m <laughs> i'm just doing work because i couldn't sleep like dude there's been plenty of those yeah everyone gets it man when i worked at this rental car company dude i used to have fucking night terrors dude and i you know i'd wake up thinking i was still there and i'm like damn it was it was a nightmare you know yeah. and uh i think that just goes to speak uh volumes of people's character and the reason I say that is because if you have time while you're shut off and you're sleeping, and you think about your job. I think that says that your character, uh, you know, puts in 150 percent effort because you never really stop thinking about your job. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely true. I mean, when, you know, when sometimes I'm, I'm sleeping at night and I wake up and I'm like, oh, wow, like I was dreaming. I wish I had a, a nine to five job or whatever. Yeah. Like that. And then, you know, you. you get to thinking you're like oh i don't know man i i think sometimes i would go back and say oh i'd love a nine-to-five job and then the next day i'm like oh my god i couldn't imagine ever working a nine-to-five job every day of the week yeah. um, that just is not in the cards so i i definitely think success came just kept i kept doing the same thing over and over and over again and eventually um it clicked you know we had plenty of bad failures we lost money we did stupid jobs that didn't make any sense and we didn't make any money on them and spent three months of our lives doing them and um we've done plenty of that you know so i think the success came through those failures and learning through those failures um you you, you don't learn better than when you're in a really really tough situation and you're working your way out of it in my opinion that's the truth dude so knowing what you know now would you have done anything differently in your life so I, I spent some time thinking about that question because I knew you were going to ask it. And, and I, <laughs> I don't think I don't think I would um, because everything that happened to me led me to where I am now. And I'm very happy. So if I didn't become a teacher, yeah. I wouldn't have realized that making thirty two thousand dollars a year isn't enough for, for what I want to do. And then I wouldn't have become a boat captain. Um, because that's why I ran boats because I had the summers off and I wouldn't have met the guy who gave me the money. And so I, there wouldn't have been a lot of the stuff that I have now I wouldn't have if I didn't take the path and I didn't take that time to uh, go through the motions, go through college. Mm -hmm. I passed college. I got a job like everybody's supposed to. And then then I started figuring it out, you know. Um, so, no, I don't think I don't think I would, because like I said before, I, I didn't know that I was going to be 
the owner of a construction company or um, partner in a property management company in rental properties. Like I, I didn't know that was going to be a thing, and now it is, and I'm happy. So I can't say that I would do anything differently. I mean, I would probably give my parents a little bit less of a hard time than I did <laughs> growing up. Yeah, uh, it was kind of you know kind of a tough one. Um, but besides that, no, I think uh, I think I'm pretty happy with the path that you know that I did take and the people that I met. Yeah. I'm very thankful for the people on my team. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't have met Tyler if we, he's a PE teacher. That's why my company's name is PE Property Management. PE Properties is the holding company that I own its name. Like that, I was going to ask you that. that name. We made that name because when we started this, this thing, we were like, you know, it'd be funny if like two dumb gym teachers make like a million dollars in real estate and we name the company after our physical education jobs. And Sure, shit, it, it happened. So that's the name stuck, and we got the website, thepropertymanagement.com. And we just like, we're like, oh, this is going to be it. This is our brand. We're the Phys Ed Construction Guy. <laughs> Does your logo have like any like uh, sports references, like a hockey stick no, or something? You know, it, it's funny you say that. Um, when I made this logo, it's just like a logomaker.com kind of thing. So yeah. they gave you like one choice. But I always thought it would be funny to have like a football like in the window of a house or something. It's my uh, my little emblem thing. But no, yeah. it, it's just real estate based. It, the the symbol, the marketing has nothing to do with sports. Maybe I should talk That's to funny. the social media guy about yeah. uh, doing some cross marketing and posting some pictures of basketballs or something. There you go, man. Uh, so, man, you've had an, an an inspiring life to me, and I think a lot of people who will listen to this will be kind of inspired by it. So. Who has been inspirational in your life? Like, who are some people that you have looked up to? So, one I have to say is my parents. They like they worked so hard. They put me through college, and then my the people that um, invested in my company. I mean, the first two people that invested in my company, Leon and Katas, they are still friends of mine to this day, and they trusted me. They took a chance on me. They gave, they lent, they didn't give me, they lent me, um, lent Tyler our money. So they were super inspirational. Um, they constantly give me advice and, you know, obviously they were going to help me because they had some, some skin in the game. Yeah. And you know, those two people, my grandfather, you know, the, the basic, the basic ones, you know, the people that, the people that raised me, you know? Yeah. Oh man. I'm about to put you on the spot right now. Uh, uh-oh. Yeah. And it's fine, man. You can just give me anything. So you've had people you looked up to and people who might be listening to this might not. So in your best words, how can you be inspirational to someone? Like what, what's some advice that you can give some people who might be listening to this right now? So I think the biggest advice that I can give is that you never know what you can do until you actually try to do it. I never knew that I could figure out how to build a house. Never knew that I could figure out how to manage tenants. I never knew any of that. No one taught me any of that. Um, so I think, you know, not being afraid of the unknown and taking a chance at it and just trying it. And then if it doesn't work, I mean, there's plenty of things that I tried and it didn't work. And I just said, Oh, well, that's not for me. You know, I'll never be, never be a basketball player. Unfortunately, I'll never, (laughs) you know, I'll never do a lot of things, but the, thing that I found it worked. So just try things that are interesting. I think listening to other people in your field, um, that was another one that's huge for us is finding people, podcasts, YouTubers, whatever that are in your field and just listen to them, talk, you know, try to talk to them, reach out to them. Um, and I think that's, that's huge because if, 
you're surrounding yourself around the people that are doing the same thing that you want to do, then you're eventually going to do it. That's really what I, that's really what I think. I think the, the people that you surround yourself with are the people that you're going to be the most like, you know, and yeah. uh, the people that I chose to surround myself with or through work on the boats or whatever, were just trying to, to gear towards like-minded people, you know, entrepreneurs, business owners, investors. Yeah. So I think that is finding a mentor is huge, you know, finding somebody that's in your, in your field. And even if you just ask them to help them, you know, I've had people that have come up to or called us and said, Hey, can I just shadow you guys and figure out how to flip, flip houses? Or can I, can I do some free work for you guys and you teach me how to do this? Um, so I think that's huge. You know, I would be happy to help people um, get involved in real estate. I'd like doing little seminars and teaching classes and stuff like that for new investors. Um, so yeah, that's, I think just finding, somebody that's talking about the thing that you want to do and then just keep listening to it until yeah. it's so annoying that you have to do it. Hell yeah, man. Well, it's been an honor talking to you, brother. Uh, we're coming up on the it. end of this episode, but uh, I always end these episodes with a fun question, kind of take some of the, you know, the anxiety out. I'm not saying that you did have it, but so I'm going to ask you it and uh, it's putting you on the spot again, but yeah, you're on an Island for six months to a year. You bring three things, which you, what you got. Hmm. Well, I got to bring some friends. So, oh, no one said that yeah. yet. No one said that. I, I'd have to have somebody else there, you know. So, I have to bring somebody. Um, probably, I'd have to choose my girlfriend. Um, <laughs> and you know, maybe we have a chance of starting something. And then, uh, yeah, from there, yeah. I'd probably have to have some some fire starter, I guess, and, and something to hunt with. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's it. Like, that- a, like a bow and arrow, a fire starter. I, I wish I could confidently say that i would do great in that situation and i would kill some food and start a fire but i think i wouldn't do so good so hopefully it yeah. doesn't happen well man i appreciate you being on why don't you uh tell everyone how they can find you on social media your company uh just, i mean uh, if you got a company website you could put it on so, here yeah so pepropertymanagement.com um we do now have an instagram p property management group i believe is the name um ryan greenberg on facebook um Ryan Greenberg on Instagram. So yeah, find us, find us any of those places. Do you have a TikTok? <laughs> no, we don't do TikTok. Um, you might get famous doing construction TikToks. You'll never know. Yeah, I can't even barely keep up with Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, we'll, we'll uh, leave TikTok to to the TikTok. <laughs> I hear that, man. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on, taking the time to get on here and uh, increase outreach to some people who might be listening to this and uh, you know give your perspective. It's been super awesome. I've got a uh, page and a half literally of notes that I took from you and uh, it's been pretty cool and I appreciate you. And uh, if you guys want to follow Ryan, he gave you his, uh, his social and uh, you know, you could always ask me for the links and I can, uh, maybe I'll just put the links on this for you. If you send sure. them to me. Cool. Well, yeah. like I said, thank you uh, Ryan for being on brother. You've been great. Um, I wish you nothing but the best and uh, continued success. And I want to thank everyone for being on and uh, we'll, we'll see you again on the next episode of the raw talk. Appreciate it. Yes, sir.